Do you know what trend I cannot get on board with? What? This thing that's happening at the moment. They're like knitted bike pants. Oh, yes, I've seen them. You know, and they're in like checkers yeah. and like graphic prints. Can't what? get behind it? No. Why not? What's going on with that? First of all, I feel like a very select number of the population can actually rock those knitted bike shorts. But all I can think about is hot vag. Hot vag. Hot box. Hot box. Camel toe. <laughs> I feel like because it's a knit, it would be more forgiving on the camel. Sure, but also you can't wear knickers with them because you can't have a VPL in your hot vag camel toe knitted bike pants situation. I mean, we've already established that people our age do not wear G-bangers anymore. So are you just smushing onto like wool? Oh, It's not cool. Yeah. I mean, people look great in them on Instagram, but I, I'm not going to be uptaking that one. I've seen a few people rock it on the gram, yep. a few fluences. Yeah, and they look great. They look amazing, but I just know no. that I will buy those and look ridiculous. Do you know what part of myself I want to draw attention to right now is my upper thigh. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I'm good. It's like when people get hectic tats on their thighs yeah. when they're young and yeah. I'm like, ooh, when you're older, you're going to regret that. It's going to be creepy. Crepasaurus. It's a flex. It's a flex. Anyway, I'm not into it. That's okay. You don't have to be into it my sister was my sister the third person in this podcast was at the beach the other day and she's like i was trying to observe what's happening this season like what are people wearing to the beach what do i need and what did she discern she, she distilled it down to terry telling shorts oh oversized shirt i can get behind that bucket hat i've tried to rock it i can't 70s vibe sunnies what are they like, like circular no round? they're like really straight square ones I feel like you can rock that. Yeah, Me, not so much. No, you really can't. Yeah, I'm yeah. around. You're more of a tradition. So, is your sister for it? Does she observe these trends to go add to cart? Well, or she's, does not, she, she's not a natural fashionista, so she, but she goes, I can apply this to myself. So, if she observes what people are wearing, and then goes, a copy and paste job? Total copy and paste job. So, she's like, I need a bikini top, Terry Telling shorts, oversized shirt, bucket hat, 70s sunglasses, and I'm on trend. <laughs> Do you know what I bought that was a fail for me is the trend of the stripy vertical horizontal mismatch shirts. Oh, yeah. Where they come in sort of different colors. And they're really oversized man style. Yep. Yeah. I bought one. Yeah. It was very expensive. I'm ashamed to admit it was like $230 for a shirt. And I had to return because I looked like a clown. Yeah. Again, you've got to sort of tuck it right and you've got to wear little shorts and like have a whole little shorts. Have a whole thing going on. Yeah. Oh, well. So that was a fail. It's so funny. Like now we're in, what week are we in? What, in lockdown? Yeah. I have no or idea. Or month. Are we in the fourth month? Oh. Four, four months. Yeah, four the fourth months. month. You know, all us chicks have looked crazy with our roots for ages. Yes. I feel like we've all acclimatized and like everyone's got them now and it's kind of like, oh, well, we've all got them. We're all in this together. But the men are starting to look fucking nuts. Homeless vibes. They're starting to look like Furbies. They are. Because the side bits are growing out to the sides. Yeah. The men look crazy my husband looks Amish Amish his his beard is particularly (laughs) full and fuzzy and I'm like you got a colony of something growing in that beard I know it there's no excuse with the beard you can shave that you can do that yourself I think he's just leaning into the homeless vibes full caveman sitch Hmm. should we get into the app yes we have a thousand things to do but we'd rather chat to you With emails and meetings and husbands and kids, we don't have time for this. Just what you need to basic bitches with a podcast. 
Hello and welcome to We Don't Have Time For This. I'm your host, Gemma Pranita, a.k.a. Gemma Peanut on Le Gram, <laughs> en français, along with my co-host, Revzidi Duda. Hola, bonjour, oh, salut. Bonjour. <laughs> Comment ça va? Ça va bien, et toi? Uh, comme si, comme ça. Oh. No one wants to hear you, comme si, comme ça. <laughs> no one. Put it away. Put it away. My mate, our mate, Liv, was telling me the other day, she spent two years in Italy mm. and she said there's such a cultural difference over there is that if you ask someone, how are you? It's not just a thing you say, they'll really tell you. Oh. That sounds exhausting to me, but she was saying how great it is. <laughs> there's no surface chat. Yeah. It's just like, let's get into it. You ask me how I am? Well, <laughs> let me tell you. Kind of got my period on Monday. <laughs> my mother-in-law. <laughs> my dishwasher broke on Thursday. <laughs> but she was like, you know how in Australia you can say how are you and sometimes people don't even respond it's like hey yeah. <laughs> you know is the response yeah interesting sometimes I get caught in a loop where clearly no one's listening and it's like how are you I'm good how are you yeah I'm good how are you great thanks how are you yeah great and it's like <laughs> we've all forgotten that we've already answered that question but we just slip into robot mode robot everything's fine I've got my shit together mode side thought mm. have you seen the trailer for the movie Spencer yeah Yes, I have. I am fizzing. It looks amazing. Okay. I judged it okay. when I first heard that Kirsten Stewart, Kristen, Kirsten, Kristen. what's her name? Kristen. Kristen Stewart. Is was playing Diana. Diana. Is playing Diana. <laughs> Princess Di for translation. And I thought, rogue casting. Yeah. Why is an American playing a Brit? This is game territory. This yep. is a scary and ambitious role, you nutter. But you saw the trailer. Well, first I saw the teaser, Ooh. which was 30. 30 seconds mm. and right at the end of the teaser you hear Kristen Stewart say one line in an advanced RP accent for yep. those who don't know what that is that is the British royal accent and everyone was frothing they were like oh my god she's nailed it <laughs> off like one line <laughs> cut to a couple of weeks later they released the full trailer and I gotta hand it to her this reeks of Academy Award vibes Ooh, Oscar coming in it's hot a, I'm just pumped to see it yeah because I can't get enough of that story I, well, look, there's a part of me that's like, leave it alone. Nah, like, mine it. Mine no. it for content. <laughs> I feel like, Thrash that horse. No, because those poor boys seeing their oh, mum. They're fine. No, 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 no. <laughs> or they're not fine, but let's, they're rich. Let's, let's move on. Let's not forget that they are people yes, with yes. feelings. Yes, yes. And if you strip it all back, sure. all the royal shit, they're two boys who lost their mum yes, in yes. a very tragic way at a very young age. But that's not what this movie's about, right? It goes over the wedding. And oh. then her meeting Charles, mm. her meeting the Queen for the first time, her having her boy. It, I, I think it's quite a long timeline right. and it chronicles quite a big part of her life all the way up until her death okay. is my understanding. But what the director has said that is a different take is it's... <laughs> You've gone deep, haven't you? <laughs> I fell through. You went through the YouTube vortex, I didn't did. you? If I know you, you watched the teaser, then you watched the trailer, then you watched it behind the scenes, then an interview with all the creatives. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I confess, I did. But continue what the director said. Well, the director basically said that it's a real look at life with all the major events that happened in Diana's life, but from her perspective. Okay. The public always saw Diana going from a car into a building yeah. or out of a building into a car. Yeah. It's all the moments behind closed doors, which is not that different to The Crown. Yeah. It's funny how they talk about it, like it's a fresh idea. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, Crown season four. <laughs> yes, we get it. It's just a character driven movie from Diana's POV. <laughs> what I now realize is the genius behind Kristen Stewart's casting 
is she has nailed those hauntingly bashful eyes mm, yes. that I think Diana had. It was a vibe, wasn't it? Well, it's a it's it's a look and a head tilt and a shoulder. It's quite performative. And when you look at archival footage of that, those eyes, it's like, oh, she she knew what she was doing. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And in one interview, I saw Christian Stewart say that. Uh. <laughs> Wow, for a minute we were really highbrow. <laughs> this was like a David and Margaret review situation. <laughs> this could really have gone on the ABC. Uh, but it's okay, Gem's here to keep us real. Keep, stay humble. <laughs> what was I saying? I don't know. <laughs> Does it matter? No. Point is, let's all go see it, everyone, and actually dissect the movie. I think it's going to be rad. Yeah, it looks cool. I also really want to see House of Gucci. Have you seen that trailer? I have not. Oh my god, go watch it immediately. Okay, I'm it's sh- Lady Gaga all in Italy, like mafia shit, fashion, music, food, sex, all of it. Sounds like Looks a sick visual diary designed for a creative mm-hmm. director. Yep, I'm, <laughs> Perfect for you. I'm frothing. I love me some Gaga. Anyway, thanks for listening to our review show. <laughs> a few things we need to loop back on. Yes. One. Guys, we're sorry. There's a one-week lag on our reps because we record a week ahead. Yep. Oh, I know what you're going to bring up. We tried to sort of gaslight you all and just not drop a bestie hotline. And just pretend that it was Spotify or Apple's just fault. Just not talk about it. Just see what happened. And uh, we're sorry. You all rioted. We had the full gamut of reactions. Some people were like, where the fuck is bestie hotline? It's Friday, 5am. And then some people were like, was there a memo I missed? <laughs> Where Bestie Hotline wasn't loading this week. And then the far end was like, I think it might be my phone, but um, I just can't find Friday's Bestie Hotline. Did did something go wrong? I just don't, I hope everyone's okay. (laughs) Revs, I actually dipped into the DL's Facebook group. Yeah. Someone had posted, um, can someone point me in the direction of Bestie Hotline for this week? I haven't seen it. It's not appearing on Apple or Spotify. What am I doing wrong? Yeah. And then a DL leapt to our defense and was like, oh, well, I don't know if you remember, but from the last episode, they were both really snowed under with work <laughs> and talked about how they have to manage full-time jobs. So maybe they just didn't do it this week and maybe we should cut them some slack. And that DL is bang on. Yeah. We just didn't do it. I said to Revs, can we have a week off? Yeah. We got to a point where we were about to record a bestie hotline we were time crunched we were cooked i mean i was in a shooting week revs had a whole heap of shoots pick up in her work and our plates were just overflowing yeah and we'd just done quite a dog's breakfast episode anyway and we were like you know what let's not inflict any more of ourselves on anyone exactly so we're sorry and we didn't mean to gaslight you and you know what felt really loved we just thought this will totally fly. They won't notice. <laughs> yeah, no one will notice. It'll fly under the radar. People won't even realize how wrong we were. But we appreciate your enthusiasm, your love, your support. And sorry we weren't there. We'll try not to do it again. But, you know, no promises. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> are we committing to a bestie hotline this week? I don't know. Maybe we will. This is Maybe great. Maybe we won't. This is great. Let's make them feel really grateful <laughs> when they do get one. <laughs> like, you're lucky. So the next thing we have to check in on. Yes. You got your double vax. I did. So now we're both fully vaxxed. Can I just say, I got the metallic taste in my mouth thing again instantly. There you go. You're the only person I've heard say that. I Googled it. Yeah. It's a thing. It says very clearly, rare reaction. Oh, great. (laughs) Metallic tastes in mouth have been reported. Right. Okay. I just tell myself it's the 5G working full strength. Getting you beamed up. Yep. Yeah. Beam me up, Scotty. Over to Elon Musk's house. (laughs) 
But other than that, no reaction. Great. Bit of a minor headache. No yep. complaints. So now we're both fully pumped. Yep. But I want to know, mm. how was the dirty chai? Okay, confession. I can't. I didn't get it. Oh, I can't. This has been a narrative running through like seven episodes Look, now. I'm not good at following through with an arc. Okay. <laughs> I know I left the breadcrumbs and made a whole big thing about trying the McDonald's dirty chai and I didn't follow through and let me share why. Okay. As aforementioned, metallic taste in my mouth. Oh, you were going to wait till you're coming back? Oh, it's on the right side of the road if oh. I wait till I come back. Revs. <laughs> Go get vaxxed, treat myself on the way back. Uh-huh. Didn't anticipate the metallic taste hitting my mouth again. Okay. Last thing I wanted was any food or drink. Right. So I just skipped So it. you just let us all down by just missing it. And you haven't thought any time since to just duck to Brookie Maccas and pick one up just so you could do a review. Do you know what? I've realized <laughs> since we started this podcast that I'm full of empty promises. Do you remember 40 God knows how many eps ago when I was like, I can't wait to try Botox. We've got an appointment. We have an appointment, DLs. We're going together. Yeah. And we're going to film it all for you. Yes. We know a lot of you have been locked down for fucking forever. I'm looking at you, Melbourne. And you want to try your first Bobo, we'll walk you through what to expect because Jem, guys, I'm just predicting some hilarious shit from her. First, she hates needles. Yep. Second, she's got no pain threshold. None. Third, she's a fainter. True. (laughs) And you know what? We're not going to a Botox place that will provide Fanta because it's not mall Botox. So, Revs, do me a solid and pick me up a Fanta. I'll bring you a Fanta, babe. (laughs) I'll bring you a Fanta. To loop anyone in, the first time I had Botox, I got really faint and they'd run out of Coke, which they usually have, a cola, which they usually have in the clinic and they only had a Fanta. So I had a Fanta to bring me back to life. So now when I get Botox, I have a smash if, a Fanta. If you want to lose yourself down the rabbit warren of podcasts, first ep is was when- it? Yeah, it was. First ever ep. I'm pretty sure it was our first ever ep where you talked about your experience getting more Botox. Anyway, we're going to a great clinic. Still not going to tell you where it is. So many DLs have slid in and been like, please tell me where the Botox is. I won't tell anyone and I'll say I got referred by you and I'm, I'm tempted. Dude, I've also had a few DLs slide in and go, ha, found it. Not many Botox places oh. in DY. Dude, don't say it again. You've already we're said We're never going to get an appointment. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be booked out. Well, yeah. You know, helping a small biz who yeah. have been in lockdown for an eternity. Yeah, ask is Lynn. The least we can do. Friends! <laughs> no, she's our girl! You fool! Oh, fucked it. Anyway, back to Maccas. I was talking to someone about this the other day. I think you can tell a lot from someone by their Macca's order. Talk to me. What's your Macca's order? My Macca's order is a small cheeseburger meal with a Coke. That's so basic! And- that is as basic as like I was waiting for you to like throw a twist and an apple pie okay there's the plot there's twist. the twist which is rogue I know no and no sometimes I... when I order it they even sound surprised they're like oh yeah um anything else do you know what my secret love is what going to different Maccas it sounds so bougie but going to different McDonald's no it doesn't <laughs> sound bougie whatever you're gonna say next there's no way it's gonna be bougie let me prove you wrong let me prove you wrong compose yourself champ okay do you know what's bougie okay it's not even that funny (laughs) going to different maccas all over the world all over the world oh all right your privilege is stinking yeah see i told you it was bougie right for example 
I loved going to McDonald's in Japan. Yeah. Because there's always a cultural twist yep. on Maccas. So they do some like McSushi or McBento. <laughs> McBento. <laughs> and in Thailand, they do a McCurry, you know, so on and so forth. Like I'd love to go to the McDonald's in India because I hope there's like a McVindaloo or something like that. <laughs> something yummy. I always try their twist. But if we're talking standard orders. Standard orders in Sydney. Okay. (laughs) Quarter pounder with cheese, no onions, extra pickles. Oh, extra pickles is elite. Absolutely. Sometimes if I'm feeling like I can say four more words in the drive-thru, I'll say extra pickles on my cheeseburger. Five words. Okay. Quarter pounder with cheese. Do they not come with cheese normally? Imagine if they did, but your whole life you've just been saying with cheese and the person behind the mic's like... Duh. Wait, you've really got me thinking. Now I've got to look it up. Yeah, look up. I feel like quarter pounders have cheese. So why do I say I love that you've been ordering quarter pounders with cheese. I can save my breath. And then I add the no onions, extra pickles line. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, it's good. You should give it a go. Yeah. Do you know I've never had a Big Mac? Neither. Oh. And I don't feel like I've missed out on anything. Well, now I'm coming to this stage in my life where I'm like, you got to have a Big Mac. McDonald's, slide on in. <laughs> Feel free to sponsor our potty. <laughs> we'll take we're, it. We're giving you a hard sell today. If I'm hungover, I get a small cheeseburger meal with OJ. OJ? Oh my God, the Macca's OJ is amazing. Rogue. It's like a smooth, bitter, soft drink. You may as well order a Happy Meal and get the toy. <laughs> I basically do have a Happy Meal without the toy. Dude, you order a small cheeseburger meal. Well, that is out. a Happy Meal. Hear me out. The chips, by the time you've had a small amount, like even if you order medium or large, once you've hit the level of what a small would be, they're shit. They're cold. They're fluffy. They taste disgusting. Nah, I like the bottom of the barrel chips, the really hard, crunchy, extra salty ones down the bottom. The cold ones? Who says they cold? How they slow are you eating? Dude, they don't stay hot for more than maximum four minutes. Revs, you and I worked at Macca's. <laughs> we did. That's not true. Babe, quarter pounders already have cheese. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, why do I call them a quarter pounder with cheese? I mean, you must make their day though. Are they charging me an extra 30 cents for that? Have you ever looked at the screen and gone, oh, I said with cheese. <laughs> I think I might have. Do you know what throws me now with the Happy Meal is that if you don't say with fries, they don't give you fries. No. Yeah. So my kids, Teddy has nuggets. Isla has a hamburger. She doesn't like the cheese. If you add a yogurt or something, they just don't put the fries in. (gasps) I know. I'm like, it should come with fries as standard. 100p default setting. Like basic Macca's table steaks. You have chippies. 100p. Anyway, we went through a drive-thru the other night. I've been doing a lot of that lately because lockdown, CBF, (laughs) and now they eat it all. Like we've come to that time in life where they actually can make that their dinner. Oh, jealous. It's so handy. And I ordered them a yogurt to go into their Happy Meals and then they didn't have fries. I had to drive back around and be like, hi, me again. Um, There were no fries in the Happy Meal. And they're like, did you order a yogurt? And I was like, yeah, but I didn't want to mix the chips. Oh, no. That's a flaw in their ordering system. Anyway, do you judge someone on their Macca's order? I will say I do judge people who go to McDonald's and order a salad. Ew, who does that? Heaps of people. McCafe has a salad option. I can't remember what friend I was with, but she ordered like the grilled chicken salad from Macca's and I was like, no. Way to heap shame on everyone else. (laughs) (laughs) 
I was once dating a guy and we went through a drive-thru and he ordered a McFeast. What is that? <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> Burger, but with like heaps of salad in it. This is the theme. You don't uh, go to Macca's for salad. No. And he's like, yeah, it's like a great like burger shop burger. It's got tomato, lettuce. And I was like, small cheeseburger meal with OJ, please. <laughs> and don't forget the apple pie. <laughs> oh, I love an apple pie. Yeah. When we worked at Macca's, <laughs> so weird. But my go-to burger was a filet of fish Fillet of fish. <laughs> it's not filet of fish. What's wrong with you? Isn't it called a filet of fish? Maybe in Paris, Macca's. <laughs> McFillet of fish! No, there's this filet of poisson! <laughs> filet of poisson! I bet you can order red wine in the French McDonald's. <laughs> I can't remember if I've shared this story, but my first serious boyfriend I met at Macca's. I was there. He was a burger flipper, yep. I was a checkout chick. <laughs> we had these name tags, and his said weapon. Yeah. And when I first met him, I was like, we open? <laughs> we open. And he was like, no, it says weapon. It's just, I'm just being silly. And uh, I was like, can I have an alias? And so he wrote Angel. Mm, little did he know, you already had that inked on your lower left vag bone. <laughs> <laughs> meant to be. Uh, it was meant to be. He was a sweetie. He was. If you're playing along at home, same boyfriend that later became good at latte art. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, we could do a WDH <laughs> I'm trying to do What's this. happening? What's happening? <laughs> I was trying to do the acronym. The acronym for our podcast oh. is a head fuck. W D H T F T. It does not roll off so the tongue. So what were you going to say? We could do a we do, do. quiz. Quiz. We could we, do a quiz. We could do a quiz. It'd just be about ex-boyfriends and our choice of drink. <laughs> <laughs> McFeast really turned me off that guy. I was like, I think we're done. Yeah, I can see why you judged him for that. Yeah, like get a fucking dirty burger order or don't come near me. Agreed. It just made me think, oh, I bet he runs. Oh, yeah. I bet he works out. <laughs> I bet he does his tax return. <laughs> you know what I don't have time for? What don't you have time for? My eldest trying to kill my youngest. Oh, all right. Without realising. Of course. Needed that disclaimer at the end. She's not that diabolical, Rafa. Well, it's questionable. Okay. <laughs> Context. <laughs> this actually makes me feel a little bit sad because this whole story did end in a lot of tears. But basically, Iggy is at that classic stage where he's very tactile. Mm -hmm. He's into feeling fabrics and textures. Yep. His new favorite thing is sticking his fingers into the door hinges. Oh, fuck. I'm sure you can imagine where this is going. Yeah. There's more to the story. Okay. So we were doing a council clear up yep. and Hubs was lugging a whole heap of shit onto the driveway. Mm -hmm. It was one of those miserable rainy days and we had a lot of shit to do and I was already ratty at the kids. They had nowhere to go. They were stuck in a house and their parents were essentially packing up boxes and moving them outside. How boring. Family fun day. So they were giving us the shits already. Then cut to Hubs has gone out the door to the garage and suddenly I hear the door bang and I hear Rafa go dada and I thought oh Rafa's chased after him followed by a scream from Iggy. Now Iggy cries frequently when Rafa shuts any door on him okay. like her bedroom door because he FOMOs. He's yeah. like I want to be in there so I did that awful thing where I ignored him because I thought he was just doing his standard, don't leave me in the house, big sister. Okay. So I took a bunch of toys and walked past the front door while he was crying and went upstairs oh to God. dump them in the playroom, came back down. He was still crying. And I was like, you're all right, mate. 
and then saw him trying to desperately pull his hand <laughs> out of the door hinges. Because he's been there the whole time. Because he's and been he there the whole time. Past him. <laughs> I'm going to hell. I'm going to hell. <laughs> oh my god so he was stuck there hinged in the hinges i can't unsee it it's burnt into my memory was it was okay? aw- it was awful revs like the oh, moment yeah, i realized yeah, yeah, yeah. i was like oh my god iggy like i Aww. screamed out and then had to you know how you have to pull the oh. door away to get his fingers crunch were like something out of a cartoon horror film like they were mangled in a way that they no longer looked like fingers and my (gasps) first thought of course being a parent you jump to the worst case scenario he's lost his hand he's lost his fingers (laughs) hands gotta come off oh and i screamed to my husband i was like he's like what i'm like we need to go to the emergency you know like Mm -hmm. i was being full drama queen as i've mentioned before on the potty not good in a crisis. No, not good. Deer not in good. headlights, just screaming just freak, banshee. Freaking out. Help spraying shit all over the room. No good to anyone. <laughs> I just held him and he sobbed in a oh, way. And, had, and it like, would have hurt more when they came out. Yes. And oh. this is the thing. Like our hands have so many nerve endings. It's like, you know, when you get a paper cut on your thigh. Can't no. <laughs> <laughs> when did you get a paper cut on your, when you're reading books with your legs? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I need to give you a new scenario. Okay. Yeah, try again, Jimmy. <laughs> you know when you brush your leg against a twig? Brush your leg against a twig. We've all brushed our legs against a twig and got a scratch, When right? you're making whimsical beachside reels. <laughs> you may brush your leg against a twig. Touche, motherfucker. But yes, that okay. is a perfect case scenario where I have brushed my leg against a twig and it's cut me and it's not hurt that much does not hurt that much okay might not even notice till later cool but give yourself a paper cut yeah feel it for days yeah. a nuisance annoying yeah. buttoning yeah. up a shirt Ow. <laughs> squeezing the toothpaste on your toothbrush just a regular domestic nightmare <laughs> correct so poor eggs his fingers were mangled oh, to where to the knuckle Imagine that bit of skin between where the nail bed starts and your first knuckle completely crunched down flat. Oh my God. Yeah, that's what I... And red, purple, what was it? Like white because... Oh, no blood. No blood. (gasps) So I freaked out, as you can imagine. I just held him tightly and he screamed into my shoulder with a little sad limp hand because he couldn't touch it or move it. Oh my God. And then, this is the weirdest thing, it expanded like balloons and then he had sausage cigar fingers <laughs> what a journey <laughs> what a journey and they were enormous oh and then I thought are they gonna explode <laughs> it's like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory I'm telling you this is cartoon shit <laughs> so as the blood started obviously started recirculating and then yeah. it I don't know overcorrected or something and then the tips of his fingers turned into red blisters it was oh my god yeah it was intense so I'm holding Iggy, Iggy's screaming into my shoulder. Then I burst into tears because of all the guilt of I could have rescued him sooner. East walk past like, you're right, mate. Literally. <laughs> when nonchalant parenting kills. Oh, God, it's all Like, I sobbed. Yeah. Rafa comes running in because she could hear the commotion. Again, knee-jerk reaction did that thing where I was like, Rafa, how many times have I told you not to play with doors? You hurt Iggy's <laughs> hand. You hurt it. Like, I fully, like, 
blame shamed her. Like <laughs> then she burst into tears because oh, I was crying. Dear idea. And the three of us were sobbing. And then Hubs came in and was like, "What, what has- the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, it was awful. Okay. And is he okay? He is totally fine now. Okay. We didn't have to go to the emergency, thankfully, because. Iggy started to move his fingers into a fist and then opening them. And then, you know, as kids do, they don't call them bouncing babies for nothing. He fully bounced back and was happy as Larry picking up toys as if nothing happened. Oh, thank God. Meanwhile, I am fucking traumatized. Oh, I know. You've said this before about how every family has their thing. Mm-hmm. Like some kids get ear infections yeah. all the time. We so, love gastro. Yep, your family loves gastro <laughs> and also, nits. Also worms. <laughs> it's glamorous over here. In my family, it's fingers indoors. So oh, I... so specific. <laughs> it is very specific, but no word of a lie. When Rafa was almost exactly Iggy's age, I slammed her fingers in the car door and did the same whole routine where I was sobbing with guilt because I slammed the door crunched her fingers like I just don't know why it's fingers in my family those Roonies they're handsy they're so curious so yeah I mean have you ever had that with your kids where Isla just inadvertently tries to kill Teddy without realizing if anything she'd probably save the day and I would probably ignore it like you Teddy has hurt Isla Teddy's cousin has hurt Isla in fact Isla cops it from every Every angle in our family because she's the big girl and there's all these little boys underneath yeah. her and they just she take over. It. But no, we've never had like something like a slammed finger or anything. I lost my son in Edinburgh for 45 minutes. <gasps> You've never told this story. And that's how I empathize with that. Like I'm the worst mum in the world. And that whole 12 hours of shock that you go this through. This story needs to be heard by the DLs. Because right. I remember when you first told me this, you were like, Jem, you can't tell anyone. I've told no one because I'm so ashamed. I just can't even deal with it. And the story. I was like, what? Where's the shame coming from? I was like, people need to know this because yes, you're a wallet mum. Yeah but you're a decent mum. <laughs> I couldn't even say that with conviction. Look, you're not the world's greatest parent, but you're also not the world's no, worst. I'm the world's greatest parent. I'm just not a good mom. <laughs> with a capital M. Yeah. But this could happen to anyone. The reason I told you was because you had a front gate and Rafa was climbing it and playing with the hinge. I was like, I have to tell you a story because I was scared. That's right. Because I posted it on Instagram and you were like, babe, not cool. I have a story for you. All right. So, all right. Buckle up. Get your drink of choice. (laughs) Choose your poison. Get comfy. You're in for a story. Oh, God. We've really sold it now. Yeah, I've over-egged it. I think it's it's just going to be a disappointment now. People will be like, oh, yeah, that happened to me. Whatever. Move along. So in the very first lockdown ever, when COVID first hit our world, we were living in Edinburgh in a classic Edinburgh terrace house, which is street level. We were street level. And there's like three shallow stairs up to almost like a bridge Mm. that goes over the basement apartment to the front door. And we were the ground floor apartment. It's kind of like Paddington Bear, a classic London street, if you need a visual. So charming. Just rows of front doors, basically. Beautiful. It was beautiful. And we had a blue front door. This is not relevant. We'd been in lockdown probably only three weeks, but I don't know if you can cast your mind back to the start of the very first lockdown. That felt like a long time. The first three weeks. The first three weeks. Yeah, yeah. It felt like an eternity until you found your groove and and you went through the seven stages of grieving (laughs) and then found acceptance. And then 
hit the six month mark. Yeah. But the very first one, even when they said everyone's staying inside for two weeks and we flipped out. Mm-hmm. So it was about two or three weeks in lockdown. So the kids were bored. They hadn't been anywhere. It was all new to them. It was all new to everyone. We were just getting in the rhythm of trying. We were both working. And then we had to homeschool and then we had Teddy, you know, who just wasn't in care. So he was just sort of pottering around. So we were doing that thing where one of us would work in the morning and take the afternoon off and look after the kids and do homeschooling and we'd flip it. So, of course, it was my shift. And why was it on your watch? Of course, it was my watch. (laughs) So my husband was working in the office and it was my turn to do homeschooling and look after Teddy. So Teddy was at that age where we didn't really want him to nap anymore, but there was often a danger nap in the afternoon. It was about 3.30 in the afternoon and I was sitting down attempting to do maths homeschooling. This was before I gave up on homeschooling at all with Isla. And we were concentrating on whatever addition or whatever we were doing. And suddenly I was like, it's very quiet. You know, that feeling when it falls over you of like, it's super quiet. And I was like, oh, fuck, Ted's fallen asleep. Mm. And in lockdown, you know, the last thing you want is a kid up till nine o'clock. No. So I was like, hang on, babe. And I left Isla with her maths in the living room and I went to the kid's bedroom and I thought I saw Teddy under the doona. I was like, oh, he's asleep. No. And I pulled the doona back and he wasn't in his bed. And I was like, oh. And I went into my bedroom thinking maybe he'd fallen asleep on my bed. No. Looked around the room. Not there. Went into the kitchen. Couldn't find him. Went out the back to the garden. Couldn't find him. Starting to panic. Yeah. And then went to go look in the office to see if maybe he'd gone to visit my husband and saw the front door open (gasps) and a stool next to the front door. And there's a crime scene right there. All the evidence. (laughs) All the evidence. And I was like... Oh my God, Teddy, Teddy. And I start yelling, throw the front door open and run onto the street and start yelling, Teddy, Teddy, Teddy. Can't see him anywhere. And we lived on like this long straight street where you could see blocks in either direction. So I knew he would had gone. And of course, because of lockdown, the streets would have been empty. It's not Quiet. like you're looking through crowds. Nope. It was just empty. desolate. Ghost town. So I'm screaming like about you, Teddy, Teddy, Teddy. My husband comes out. My daughter comes out. My daughter starts. She's only four and a half. She starts crying. Where's Teddy? Where's Teddy? Where's Teddy? I absolutely freeze. I have no idea what to do. My husband runs towards the main road because one direction there was a main road about two blocks away. And the other direction, which is I had an instinct he would taken himself to the park because that was something else we did every day. Husband runs to the main road, couldn't see him. I call the police. And here's something you never think you're going to have to do. They asked for a description and what he was wearing. And I couldn't remember Oh, because you don't remember, you well, know, but especially in lockdown because you're not dressing no. for a particular outing. It's nah. just home clothes. It's just home clothes. Day. And also he was, he was only two. He wasn't into anything yet. Like if it was now, it's like, oh, he's got shocking pink hair and he's in a Batman costume, you know, like yeah. it would be really easy. But anyway, I was like, um, he's in a gray t-shirt and track pants and he's got white blonde hair is all I could say they're like how long has he been missing and I was like I don't know and I could only guess 20 minutes again another symptom of lockdown where time warps yeah and even though you were homeschooling Isla who knows how long that was for who knows and I was trying to remember like how long had I been sitting in there with Isla and how long since I had since I'd heard him make a noise like, I just, I couldn't tell them anything. Anyway, I was panicking, absolutely panicking. That's such, I was like, I've lost him. I've lost him. He's oh. just, he's gone. And oh, God, where does your mind go? The worst, you, yeah. the worst place. He's been hit by a car. He's you're been kidnapped. Gonna, you're never going to see gonna, him again. never going to see him again. So my husband's running and didn't find the main road. He comes back and Isla was hysterical. So I was just made it my job to comfort her. And I said, go to the park. The park is six streets away. 
across four roads. So my husband legs it to the park. I'm on the phone to the police. They're telling me we're going to send a car, you know, in the radius. What's your address? Blah, blah, blah. I couldn't even say the address. You know what I mean? Like I was so scattered. And Isla's going, where's Teddy? What's happened to Teddy? Are we ever going to see him again? Like full on drama. Oh God. And at that point, you don't know. I don't know. And I went into, I was in this weird state of like, my mind was going to the worst place and I was paralyzed. Like I couldn't, I wasn't crying or screaming or anything. I was really numb. Wow. Like, just like, what do I need to do? Mm. I looked through the house again. You know, you do all those things where you're like, maybe... Lift every pillow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hope, Seriously. Yeah. yeah. And I was saying things like, Teddy, this isn't funny. The police are coming. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Just in case he was hiding. Anyway, so I'm standing on at the front door as the police arrive and around the corner. This is now 40 minutes since we lost him 40 minutes 40 minutes around the corner down the other end of the street comes my husband with teddy on his shoulders and what happened to me physically i will never forget i lost feeling in my legs wow like my legs went instant pins and needles and i had to sit down because i lost the ability to stand up and i just started crying and it was like inconsolable crazy tears and i could not feel my legs Mm. and my husband gave Teddy to me and I just held him in the tightest fucking hug and then the cops were there and they're like we need to come in and they had to like do a screener on us oh shit and they had to check out our house like docs like docs and they had to like check out the environment that it was safe for Teddy and they quickly worked out what had happened and yeah and and then they said to me like what do you want us to do do you want us to play with him for a bit or do you want us to give him a scare because we can give him a scare and I was like give him a scare and they like sat him down and were like, mate, it's not safe. And they, didn't, they were Scottish. They're like, here, pal, it's not safe to leave the house on your own. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, give him a real shakedown, you know, because I don't want him to happen again. I just cried all night. Mm. I slept on the floor next to his bed. I couldn't eat dinner. I was just sitting there thinking this could have been a very different night. I could have been on the phone to my family in Australia saying, I've lost Teddy. We've lost him. He's a missing person. Oh. I can't entertain it. Like, I can't even I let myself go there and imagine it because it's too scary. When I saw Rafa climbing your front gate and playing with the latch, I was like, fucking triggered. Yeah. <laughs> like, you've got to get a lock on that thing. Like, yeah. Rafa is queen runner. Yeah. Like, she just goes. She's always been that kid from just the moment she so can walk. Where she goes and doesn't look back. She never checks in with so us. This is the thing about Teddy, though. He's not a runner. Mm. Never has been. Never had to go to a gated park with him. Yeah. He's always stayed pretty close by. He'll wander and look at stuff, but he was never a runner. And that's why I think I wasn't hypervigilant. No. And also the fact that he dragged a stool into the door to open the latch, because yeah. it's like a British door with the chain and the latch, you know. Mm. And he dragged a stool in from the kitchen, opened the door, Wait for this detail. Put his fucking shoes on. What? Like, you know how many times I'd asked him to put his shoes on and he couldn't? Put his shoes on the right feet. Amazing. Turns out he had taken himself to the park. He'd crossed four roads. Crazy. Found his way there. Yeah, as so well. did it, did he say where he was? Like, what I'm interested in is yeah. what did you say to him? I know the police gave him a scare. Yeah. But what did you as a parent, I how just, did you then handle it? I, I mean, I know he was scared at my reaction that yeah. I was just sobbing and saying, like, you scared me so much. You scared, you cannot go out without mummy or daddy. You know, like, I really, yeah. and he was really sorry. Yeah. Um, But he'd taken himself to the park and there was a lady on her 30 minute walk and it was like hello little boy can you imagine it from her pov we're in the 
third or fourth week of this first ever once in a lifetime lockdown, she's doing her 30 minute exercise around the park and she sees this blonde two year old just taking himself out. Oh, God. Just walking around and the parks were all closed. Remember, they'd like taped off yeah. and locked up all the parks. So he was just going, Oh, I can't get into the park. And she's like, Hello, little boy. Are you all right? And she's like, Where's your mum? And he's like, At home. <laughs> so casual. So she finds a parking inspector the parking inspector calls the cops the cops go we've got a id on that kid but Ah. by the time they were coming graham had found found him him with the parking inspector oh my god (laughs) all i could obsess about for weeks was what was going through his head when he was two streets away on his own yeah just on his own marching along was he thinking like i'm clever i've done this or was he not thinking or was he just putting one foot in front of the other or like what was going through his noggin yeah or was there a point where he turned around and went Oh, oh shit. shit. I'm oh, on my own. Maybe they're at the park. <laughs> you know, I'll keep going I've that com- way. I've committed now. <laughs> See it through. I remember you telling me in Edinburgh that the language that you used to explain it to Teddy mm. to really make it land with him was Teddy, when you do something like that, we might never see you again. Yeah. And that got through to him. We've always said that with traffic yeah so that was how we've always talked to Isla about traffic and then Teddy too just to not be like and you die because I feel like that's such an abstract concept for a kid but to say like if you got hit by a car we would never see you again you would never see me again it just brings it home yeah so yeah we were saying to him like mate if you'd gotten lost and we weren't able to find you we'd never see you again and then for weeks after he would check in with me all the time like I'd be like no mate don't eat that before your dinner he's like would I never see you again I'm like (laughs) no you're not getting it (laughs) I'm talking about life or death here not bananas (laughs) but um yeah he it rocked him it really rocked him and it really made me jumpy In that lockdown. Oh, God, yeah. So we just started doing the chain bolt and closing the vestibule door. Very British thing, like the snow door. (laughs) We just started closing that and then Hawkeye on him at all times because, you know, he'd done it once and he'd got all this attention. My worry was that he'd try it again. Ah, interesting. Yeah, and it's funny. He's never done anything like it since. Like, it's not his vibe. Mm. I think it was just a weird lockdown. He wasn't thinking. He was bored. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like he went from a kid who went was in four days care, had extracurricular activities, full life, weekend things, family friends, play dates to sitting in a house for three or four weeks. Yeah, it's doing rough. fucking nothing. And I think that's why it happened. Anyway. And especially having a sister who was requiring your attention. Yeah. Because homeschooling was so new. Yeah. And I remember your school was so unprepared. So unprepared. That they literally sent you guys home with empty notebooks. A blank and were notebook. like, good luck. Yeah, that we got an email that was like, come pick up your home learning pack. And we're like, ooh, fun. Nope, it's a blank notebook. <laughs> And like, a bunch of pencils. Cool. No, no pencils. Oh. <laughs> Just a blank notebook. Freaking scary. One of those experiences in parenting life that you are so grateful for mm. because it shakes you out of your apathy. Yeah. We've talked about before, we're hands off mums. Yeah. We like to sort of let them roam and find their feet or whatever. But you have an experience like that and you're like, oh my God, I'm fucking responsible for this kid. Yeah. And I cannot have a situation where he can take himself out. And I couldn't talk about this for a long time. I remember. I couldn't tell my parents. I couldn't tell anyone because I was just like, I can't even say the words without absolutely falling apart. 
but now I'm good. I've now I've told it on a public platform. <laughs> and uh, fast forward a couple of years, and you're not a helicopter mum. You're still no. a hands off mum. I know, but I've had so many things like that with Teddy. He almost drowned once, and I had to jump in the pool with all my clothes on. Oh, wrecked dear. my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Rude. I take that as like a total opportunity oh. to check yourself. Definitely. I have to say, I have the gnarliest repeat dreams Mm. and it's always around drowning. I think it must be a deep fear of mine. I've had some hairy experiences in the ocean, getting caught in a rip or getting majorly dumped on by a huge wave and being caught in a washing machine and not knowing the difference between the surface and the ocean floor and wondering when I'm going to be able to break the surface for air, all of that stuff. And I was deeply deeply impacted by the tsunami yeah i think because thailand is my hometown and it was hit really badly and my dad was in phuket at the time for Mm. work he said to me i will never forget the smell of corpses oh my god he said it was all i could smell oh my god i can't even imagine what that feels like i don't know it's just there were just so many stories out of that and i just so something around water it's really got something you around yeah it yeah. really has and, and you've got a pool in your house and two very young kids i think that makes a lot of sense yes yeah. and i've had many dreams i can't even call them dreams nightmares yeah around drowning so i am vigilant yeah when it comes to my kids in the water. It's like when you have a newborn and you have those flashes, the visions, oh. those horrible hypervigilant visions of horrible stuff happening to your yeah. baby. Yeah. I think every parent does. I don't yeah. think anyone's immune from nah. it. I think all of our deepest, darkest fears is anything horrendous happening to our children. But it's hard to not live in a state of constant anxiety. Mm. Well, you can't. You can't operate like that. You can't, but it's amazing how much we punish ourselves <laughs> yeah. and catastrophize. Yeah. And then we hear about things on the news yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, your story about Teddy definitely made me a helicopter mum over Rafa for a while. It's so funny because we have family folklore very similarly that my sister, when she was 18 months old, was staying with family friends in Canberra and she did exactly the same thing. But it's worse because my mum was like, I'm just going to have a shower. Can you watch the kids to my dad? And he's like, yeah, yeah, from behind his newspaper. And then like, five minutes later, Lou let herself out the front door and was missing for 45 minutes so same time frame and was found in a neighbor's car what like pretend (laughs) pretending to drive it and they were doing the washing up in their kitchen and like looked out the window like there's a baby in our car (laughs) and called the cops and everyone was reunited but really similar so actually when I finally did tell my mum the story she just held my hand and was like I know that feeling yeah. and that's, there's no worse feeling in the world. Like poor you. And that's how I feel about your door finger story. Like he's fine, obviously, but you like, Oh, I was a mess. It's so epic. I was a puddle on the floor. I could not keep my shit together yeah. at all. Yeah. At all. Well, that wasn't really what we were planning on talking about today. No, we really weren't. But gosh, <laughs> what a journey. What a journey. I'm exhausted. From Macca's drive through to near abductions. Oh God. <laughs> Blake, do you have a not sponsored for me? I'll hit you with my not spun. Why don't you hit me with your not spun? Ooh. Ooh. Did a bit of online shopping. Oh my goodness, she finally cracks. <laughs> Four months in. <laughs> I went and bought a whole bunch of outfits. I saw a lot of influencers who have partnered with Petal and Pup. Yep, and you were fluenced. Gotta say, big fan. Yeah, this dress is really nice. Thank you. It's really pretty. For our DLs who can't see me, I'm wearing a picnic rug. (laughs) (laughs) 
right. <laughs> it's a plaid little, it is a bit like picnic at Hanging Rock it's kind a, of vibe. It's a gingham, puffy sleeved smock dress that makes it sound horrible. It's lovely. And it's in my life palette. Yeah. It's diarrhea brown. <laughs> <laughs> it's mustard. All right, we'll go with mustard. <laughs> diarrhea brown. Well, it could pass, is it, yeah, right? It could yeah, pass, good. yeah. I was just really impressed with not only the range that they have on offer, but the value. Mm. It's like, I, yes, it's fast fashion. I yeah, know. It's don't fast at fashion. me. It is. Yeah, it yeah. is. I'm not going to deny that. If you need a few picnic frocks for your relaunch into the real world, <laughs> I would definitely hit it. I'm going to have a look tonight. Yeah. So, you know, I'm struggling with buying things online. As I mentioned in this episode, my stripy shirt that was 200 and whatever dollars <laughs> was very ill-fitting and I had to go through the whole effort of returning Ugh. it. But petal and pop, like I got a really good strike rate yeah. on every piece. Nice. Love it. I've got a hand sanny. <laughs> A hand sunny? Is that too boring? I mean... It's refillable and I really like the thing. What's a... The dispenser. (laughs) Is that boring? Oh, look, it's a little bit beige. We're coming out to freedom. Yeah, all right. We'll quickly let you know about this hand sunny and then I'll think of something fun. This is called H-Go? H-Go? Oh, yeah, that's cute. It's so cute, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's like when you get something like Cove or those eco home cleaning products and you just get the one spray gun or whatever and then you buy the refillable and it's much more eco-friendly and sustainable. It's similar to that. You get this refillable hand sanitizer pouch and you fill up your little dispenser, which has this cute little toggle that goes on your handbag. Cute. And then it's got like a little... Thing to do your hair. It's good, right? You know, I I judged it before I saw it. And I I have to say, it is cool. It's cool. Yeah, I'm into it. It goes with a bum bag. (laughs) Don't you reckon? It's a vibe. It's a vibe. You sling this on your bum bag with your carry case phone and you just, (laughs) you're the accessories (laughs) mum. Anyway, H-Go hand sanny. Hydrating as well. Okay, like that. So what's your fun additional bonus not spawn? Bonus not spawn. I want to recommend another podcast. Oh, go on. Everyone knows Armchair Expert, right? Yep. Similar vibe is Conan O'Brien's chat show podcast. So he does this hour-long potty with interesting guests. And he did the best one last week with Melissa McCarthy. Oh, I love her. She's incredible. Is this because of Nine Perfect Strangers? Yeah, I'm sure it was like a press tour situation. But anyway, it just reminded me, he's so, he's such a good interviewer. He's so funny weirdly super relatable it's really good chat he has really good guests it's called conan o'brien needs a friend great and it's just if you need another long form chat potty and if you like things like armchair expert you would love conan o'brien needs a friend conan o'brien does not need my shout out or a friend <laughs> let's or be real <laughs> but you know we're always looking for potty content so once you're done with us you can pop over to seasoned professional Conan O'Brien. <laughs> See you again, never. <laughs> <laughs> I want to piggyback that. Have you seen that the Inspired Unemployed yes. have just launched a podcast? Have you listened? Not yet, but okay. it's on my to listen list. Yeah, me too. I want to check out those, those boys, boys and see how they translate. They work really well in the visual medium yeah. of Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're f- almost like physical larrikins. Yeah, it's like prank humor. They're kind of like the new jackass. Correct. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how well that translates to an audio only platform. I have a sneaking suspicion they're super smart. Dude, <laughs> one of the things I learned in acting school that it takes an incredibly smart actor to play dumb. Yeah, totally. 
And I think the same goes with those boys. Yeah. Like they're absolute silly loons, larrikins, hooligans, whatever you want to call them. But, but they're whip smart. It's kind of like Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. Like he studied at, I can't remember if it's Oxford or Cambridge yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's a scholar. Yeah. Yet he created Ali G. Yeah. That was sort of his first launch pad character. Nothing's an accident. No. Everything is considered and calculated. And deliberate. And very deliberate and by design. Yeah. And I definitely feel that with the inspired unemployed boys. Yeah. Okay. I'm definitely going to listen to that. Add it to the rotation. Woohoo. Yay. Oh, cue the outro. Let's. Yes, let's. Yes, let's. One of these days we'll have an outro to our podcast. Oh, she went rogue. <laughs> Didn't work though, did it? But no, we're going to keep fine. it in. Don't have time for another take. Nah.